The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? engagement How long before a wedding should I send out and save the dates? In the first series Use IMAP to playoffs. check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to be talking to the creator of a popular SEO tool and the managing director of a popular SEO agency. Joining us is Kyle Roof, who is the co-founder and SEO at Page Optimizer Pro, which is a tool for on-page competitive SEO analysis. POP, as I'd like to call it, Page Optimizer Pro, tells you exactly how to improve your web page content to outrank your competition in Google, increasing your traffic and rankings. Kyle is also the lead SEO at High Voltage, which is an SEO agency based in Phoenix, Arizona. He, however, has moved to Thailand. And so he's up at 5.30 in the morning to talk to us and do this podcast. All right, our first conversation with Kyle, we're going to talk about his learnings from over 400 on-page SEO experiments. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. On with the show. Here's my conversation with Kyle Roof from Page Optimizer Pro. Kyle, good morning, good afternoon, greetings from somewhere less exciting than exotic Thailand. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thailand's doing great. Excited to have you as a guest on the Voices of Search podcast. Incredibly jealous that you are not going through some of the lockdown and COVID-related restrictions that we are here in the United States but let's talk a little SEO today. You are the founder of both an important and popular page optimization tool, and you're also the leader of an agency that does SEO as well. You've conducted over 400 on-page SEO experiments. Let's talk a little bit about who you are, your work, and what you've learned from those experiments. Starting off with you, give us a little bit about your background. Sure. So 
I am Kyle Roof. I am the lead SEO for High Voltage. In addition to the offices in Phoenix, we also have offices in Berlin and Melbourne as well. And Thailand. And Thailand. (laughs) De facto office in Chiang Mai. But we do local to national to international and everything in between. The work with the tests came about when I was getting into SEO. You do a search, you know, is this a ranking factor? Should I be doing this? And you'd get three experts that would say yes, three that would say no, and three that would very learned maybe, or it depends. And I realized I wasn't any way to learn SEO. You know, it's just like reading, reading that opinion isn't going to get you anywhere. And then it occurred to me, I was like, oh, everyone is doing tests. They're running their own tests. They're figuring it out. And that's why this is happening. And so that's when I got into the idea of how could I possibly run a test on Google's algorithm. What I ended up doing is realizing that you can optimize for keywords that don't exist. You end up controlling the entire environment. And then you can create identical pages and change one thing on a page. And then you can see a page move up, a positive factor, move down a negative factor, no movement. And then you can repeat the test. And you can do it in a fairly scientific way, where then you can get a repeated result. And then you feel pretty good like this is or is not a ranking factor. So... Through your agency background, essentially you learn how to conduct some tests and you built a piece of software that essentially creates a stable environment that allows you to isolate a single variable as you're testing. Talk to me about the data set that you're able to use to make these decisions. You know, Have you scraped every keyword in Google? How are you able to figure out what Google is going to do with field data as opposed to lab data? Well, when you're starting off, the data set doesn't need to be terribly large when you're getting a consistent result. If something happens five times in a row, all exactly the same way, the idea is that the coin is probably rigged at that point. You can then take it out of a lab setting where you're dealing with something that isn't real and then actually put it on a a test site that is more in an actual environment and run it again and then see the positive result again. And this is taking down to like even very simple things like, is the meta title a ranking factor? Does it matter? Does your H1 matter? Do H tags matter? Those types of things. So you don't have to be extremely complex concepts to get results. And then also to see that this is possible. From there, there are a lot of different methods you can go about. You can kind of get outside of the single variable and go into larger correlation data where you're dealing with thousands upon thousands of websites and seeing them, the correlation data move is then consistent with the smaller data set in a single variable. Because setting up a single variable test is not easy. It's time-consuming. There's a lot of work that goes into it, and there's a lot of errors that you can make. So you can start with smaller data sets, see that work, and then kind of take that into either live test sites plus the addition of larger correlational data sets. And then you can feel really good about saying that, yeah, the meta title is a ranking factor, and you probably should be putting keywords in there. So you've run over 400 on-page SEO experiments. You've run over 400 tests. Talk to me about how you think about grouping those tests. What are the types of things that you are evaluating within on-page SEO? There's actually been 400 published tests. We probably run multiple thousands at this point. But the ones that have kind of come to light or at least are published within groups and stuff like that, that's in the neighborhood of 400, a little bit higher. On-page is the easiest thing to do in this environment to see two things. One is something a ranking factor. Is something a stronger factor than something else? But then also is something an indexation zone? What we realize is that there are areas that Google looks at to index a page, you know, to actually put it within the SERPs. And that's slightly different than a ranking factor. You can have factors that are applied to the algorithm, but they're not necessarily something that can get a page to index. Meaning if you put a keyword in your H1, that page will index because that is an indexing zone. If you put a keyword in, say, some HTML tags, that might not get a page to index. 
you know, Google will not pull that page up or, or pull it into the index, but it is potentially part of a ranking factor. It would give you an edge or would add to your ranking score, if you will. So just clarify for me here. When you talk about the types of tests that you're running, how do you think about the segmentation? Are there specific things that you're regularly testing or what can you learn from the testing environment? Sure, we're testing it out where we're looking to see, like, is something a ranking factor? Is this an actual factor that will move rank? Something else we're looking at is, is a factor stronger than another factor? You know, all factors are not equal. There are things that are more important than other factors. So we're, we're seeing what will move ahead of something else. And as an additional set, at least in an on-page environment, we're looking at, will a page index if I do this? Mm-hmm. You know, if I put a keyword in a specific place, will Google recognize the page? Is the page actually going to be indexed? Is the variable you're changing related to a ranking factor? And if you're changing multiple ranking factors, which one matters more? Yeah, exactly. Within the on-page environment, those are the easiest things to do. Those are the things that you can jump out and consistently test. Now, when I think about ranking factors, the thing that always kind of makes me chuckle, God knows, SEOs, we always like to have a good laugh, is that Google has basically said ranking factors don't really exist. And the SEO community made up the concept of ranking factors, trying to understand what are the underlying variables that are included in Google's search algorithms. Obviously, there are some things that are going to make a page rank more than the other. We call them ranking factors. And Google only actually references ranking factors that are technical ranking factors, like Core Web Vitals and the security protocols, HTTPS. That said, you know, you've run over 400 published tests. When you think about what are the important ranking factors, that thing that you and me and the rest of the SEO community refer to, but Google never would, you know, what are the actual factors that have the biggest impact on what drives your rankings? Sure, the group A factors, which have been consistent for as long as I've been testing these things, are putting your keyword in your URL, your meta title, your H1, and in paragraph tags. Those are the four top factors. And if you were to put your keyword one time in all of those places, you probably have done 70% of SEO, just right there. So keyword placement obviously matters very much. You know, I think that when we think about ranking factors, there's not only what your content is, how you're structuring your content, there's all sorts of different ranking factors we think about related to structured data. Are there other ranking factors other than keyword placement that you found surprising as you continued to run on-page tests? Other signals like user metrics, for example, click-through rate, that type of stuff. Um, It's interesting, you can see it work sometimes and sometimes not, which is probably pretty consistent with in real life as well. So it's a difficult thing to pin down that those things are contributing or not. The things that you can feel the best about are those on-page factors. Those consistently ping and they consistently work. And so if you're thinking about what should I be doing with my SEO, you should start there because we know that's going to move the needle. Once you kind of get beyond that, then you get into more fringe SEO, more speculative things that could be beneficial. But when you think you probably don't have unlimited resources, you don't have unlimited time, budget, money, you know, (laughs) to get it all done, don't jump to those fringe things that could be good. Start with the things that actually will move the needle and then kind of progress from there. But a lot of people don't. Right. And, you know, a lot of SEOs try to get into the fancy technique or they try to get into that thing. They try to outthink the algorithm. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. 
Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. The old moniker that we've all heard a million times, so it's so cliche, content is king, really. You're getting your keywords placed into the right places, having the right frequency, something that is obviously very important for driving your keyword or your content optimization. What are some of the things after having run hundreds of on-page tests, if not thousands, that you found really don't influence rank? That was actually one of the largest discoveries is that Google is remarkably powerful. One of the most powerful things of all time, but people want to assign human characteristics to Google. And Google isn't human. And Google is an algorithm. And so you have to give that algorithm math. Google can't read. And when I realized that Google can't read, that was a real big step forward. Google can't see a page as you see it. You know, Google is pulling the, the words in and it's putting into the buckets and then it's trying to decipher. So things such as spelling, grammar, using curse words, those types of things are not ranking factors. The reading level, you know, the flesh Kincaid level it is not a ranking factor. Those things are good for writing, you know, and it'd be good for conversions. And obviously you want people to engage with your content and like what you're doing. But in terms of good content for your people and good content for what it actually ranks. Those are slightly separate concepts because the ranking aspect is a mathematical aspect because it is an algorithm. The good content for humans isn't going to help any page rank better than any other page. That's really interesting to me because, you know, everything that we've talked about related to Google's recent updates, your BERT update, and, you know, most of the content-centric updates have been around Google and their natural language processing. And when I think about Google getting better at natural language processing, I think about you know the machine that is the Google algorithm, the computers that are put together in the code that ingests all the web page and deciphers them, having some, it's not cognition, but some understanding of what the writer is trying to say, which infers that your language does matter. You're saying the opposite. Why do you think that is? Well, because I can rank pages that are gibberish and not just rank, but rank on page one. So Google clearly isn't reading all of those things. It's a matter of the math of the page, you know, getting those terms where they need to be. But it's not just your keyword. You know, it's not stuffing your keyword a a thousand times because there are other elements to it. There's the variation of your keyword, which would be a very close synonym, lawyer to attorney and phrase match. You know, if you have a longer phrase, portions of that phrase are going to count. But then in addition to that, you do get contextual terms. And so when you talk about the natural language processing bird type things, I'm not entirely convinced that it's not just fancy TFIDF concepts, you know, getting contextual terms, LSI, if you like that. I know old school 
SEOs really hate that term, but I think it's just more of a naming convention issue than anything. For the newer SEOs, walk us through TFIDF and the other acronym you used. So Yeah, so it's term frequency and inverse document frequency. So what you're looking at are how many times a particular term is on a page and how many times it appears in a certain set of documents. But the idea is that not just your keyword itself is going to ping a lot on a page. You know, when you're talking about purple frisbees, you're going to talk a lot of purple frisbees, but there are other terms that are going to start to pop up a lot. Those terms could be park, you know, or frisbee golf, you know, also all of a sudden you've got all these other terms that start to pop up, you know, throw that are around frisbee that are giving context and meaning to what you're actually describing. An example I give all the time is if you're talking about a kitchen, you could use words such as, you know, stove, sink, refrigerator. Now you're talking about a, a physical kitchen. But you could also say family, heart, home, celebration. And you're talking about that the kitchen is the heart of a home. And that's where the family comes together for very special moments. And it's a very special room for family members to be in. In both situations, you're talking about a kitchen, but they are two entirely different conversations. And so those terms provide that meaning. But I don't know that you necessarily need to worry about how Google is processing it, because I think you can get there with the term frequency of those other contextual terms. All right. So the primary ranking factor is making sure that your keywords are in the right place, all the tags, all your titles and paragraphs. But there's also these tangential terms that are related. How do you figure out what those are to make sure that you can actually insert them and play the math game with Google's algorithm? It's actually not too hard. I mean, you can look at the data set. The data set is page one of Google, right? The secret is hiding in plain sight. Google isn't trying to trick you with the sites that it's showing. It's showing you the sites that it likes the most. And it likes those sites because of their on-page, their off-page, or a combination of the two. And the thing you can count the easiest is the on-page and what is actually within those data sets. When you think about NLP, Google isn't creating NLP, natural language processing. They're not sitting down and writing, you know, if I'm, it has to come from somewhere. And it's going to come from its own data set. It's going to come from the sites that it already likes. So if it has found that this topic has these pages, it's going to pull those contextual terms or those NLP terms from that data set. It's going to create it out of there. So the place to look is the SERP. And then from there, you can find the common terms that ping across all of those results. Those are going to be your contextual terms that you want to focus on. So play this out with me. I insert my keywords in the right place. I have them you know, across every tag and every title, every paragraph. And I'm looking for these tangential terms or these related terms that I'm going to go through the most competitive sites. Then I'm going to pull out all the terms that I think are relative and start using that type of language as well. Wouldn't that just put me on par with all of the sites that are currently ranking? What can I do that actually puts the page ahead of the competition in Google's eyes? Yeah, it's not just doing exactly the same because to your point, you know, parity isn't always the goal. There is a little more math that goes into it than just counting it and putting in because there are times when you can do a little bit more and there are times you probably want to do a little bit less than what your competitors have done. So yeah, you don't want to do exactly what your competitors are doing. That's the roadmap. That's the guideline. But just because they have done it doesn't mean that they've done it correctly. So you do want to see where they have put their terms in the most important places. But you want to make sure that they've also done it correctly. Of course, you see SERPs that have pages that are clearly not very well optimized. That doesn't mean you want to optimize down to them. There would be a certain standard. And as I mentioned earlier, there's that group A of signals. That's your URL, your meta title, your H1, your paragraph. 
tags. If your competitors haven't done that, I would recommend doing that because that will give you an edge right there. So you're not just emulating exactly what they're doing. You are putting things into group A. Group B would be your remaining H tags, H2, H3, H4, and anchor text. You want to make sure that you're covering those bases as well with not just the keyword, but then also the variations in your contextual terms as well. What you'll find too is that it really does not come down to putting your exact keyword in those places. It's not covering all the bases. Your variations, the phrase match or the synonyms of your exact keyword are actually going to do most of your heavy lifting. So you want to be cognizant of like what those variations are. What's kind of fun is you can see them in Google. Google gives it to you. It's the bolded terms in the SERPs. When you do a search for a particular keyword and then you see the terms that Google has bolded and the results, Google is saying, like, look how great these results are. They're exactly what you need. And it turns out that those are ranking factors. That also comes from the testing that those are critically important terms to get on the page. And so that's where you see like extremely close synonyms, but then also the phrase match. Last question I have for you. you We talked about on-page SEO and how to sort of figure out what the content that you need to include. And it's not necessarily something that is in a legible language format. It's something that plays the math game with Google. There are other factors as well. There's your technical ranking factors. And there's also your domain rank and authority. As you're doing your on-page tests and you're trying to compare what is driving rankings for your keyword set, how do you figure out whether it is the keyword optimization that is driving the rankings or whether it is some sort of brand value assignment that Google's doing or something technical with the underlying platform you're working off of? You can keep things all within one site. And if you keep it in one site, you really negate a lot of potential outside factors. So you can put five identical pages on the same site and they'll all index and then you can play with it from there. So there is some brand authority. All of those pages have the exact same brand authority. In the same way, if they're all penalized, they're all penalized in the same way. So you can eliminate a lot of variables that way by staying within one domain. Oh, I see. So when you're doing your testing to try to understand what the ranking factor is, you are looking at one individual site as opposed to looking at how that site compares in the open market against everyone else that's ranking for that term. Exactly right. That, that eliminates a lot of variables right there. Finally, I understand. I hope everybody else does and understood that as well. <laughs> and that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Kyle Roof, co-founder and SEO at Page Optimizer Pro. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Kyle, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is KyleBot1997. That's K-Y-L-E-B-O-T-1997. Or you could visit his company's website, which is pageoptimizer.pro. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. But that's not the case anymore, thanks to Ahrefs. Because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. 
So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, or my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. <laughs>